0: Be as a society if we didn't have warnings, right? Warnings. Think about it. Right? Seriously, think about it. What would life be like without warnings? Listen. I mean, we've heard them, right? Uh, use sunblock. Use. There we go. Wear a safety helmet. Put on protective eyewear. Right? We've we've heard these types of warnings, right? You can't go to a restaurant order something, and what do they do? Right, They bring the plate out, they set it down, and what do they say? Be careful, right? Don't touch the plate. Don't be stupid. The plate's hot, ah, right? And right, we get warnings also with sound. Right? There's sirens. There's there's ambulances and police and fire. There's tornado warnings. Uh, around D.C., I'm told that there are air raid warnings. I've, I've never heard them, but I think we have them. Right? I've heard that.
1: Right. Here, here's some of my
0: personal favorite warnings that i heard while growing up, right? One that we probably all wow. heard was, if you keep doing that, your face <laughs> will get stuck like that. Remember that one? Okay. Or, hey, don't point the gun at your friend. Right? <laughs> That's why my parents never took me hunting. <laughs> right? Or, next time, I want to try to catch the arrow with your hand. <laughs> so that warning came few times. They all came from my parents. Now, sometimes we also get visual warnings. There's the ones that are signs that say, like, uh, no trucks over 45 feet uh, down this highway, right? Or at a a crosswalk, we see things that say, watch out, here comes some people. And then there are some that are, are like these, like this one, right? It says, please be safe. Do not stand, sit, climb, or lean on fences if you fall. Animals could eat you. And that might make them sick. Thank you. All right. I don't know if that is more of a warning for the people or for the animals. Now,
1: while this is a warning sign, I
0: think it speaks volumes about our ability to listen to warning signs. This next one. All right? danger. If that isn't enough to prevent you from touching a wire <laughs> fence, then by all means, right, it says, go ahead and see what high voltage <laughs> is. <laughs> Man, that's great, isn't it? Right now, listen, and this one, this next one here, might be my favorite, because it definitely warns you uh, about the sign, right? <laughs> right, But what you, uh, caution, right? This, this sign has sharp edges, but what you may not be able to see is at the very bottom, at the very, very bottom. It says, caution, the sign has sharp edges. Do not touch the edges of the sign. Also, really little, also, the bridge is out ahead. (laughs) Also, you're gonna die on the feet, right? The bridge is out ahead. Now, some warnings in life, listen, right? Some warnings in life are important. Some warnings are life and death. Some are are just a little bit funny, uh, some are very, very clear, and some, well, they just miss the mark altogether. And sometimes, we ignore the warnings altogether as people, as as, as families, as as individuals, right? Listen, for, for example, I was with my family, Christina's family, in Tybee Island, Georgia, a couple years ago, and we were walking to the beach on the very first day, and we passed a sign that read this. It said, danger. Watch out for rapidly rising tide today. You know what we did? We read that sign, and we proceeded to walk right by it and forget <laughs> all about it. And what did we do? We set up our chairs as close to the water as we can. Christina likes to put her feet in the water, and then have her like, butt in the sand and seat in <laughs> the water, and able to read the book. And, And you know, we have our stuff spread out all over the beach, like we own the place, right? (laughs) And then all of a sudden, halfway through the day, where did the water go? Like, why is it all the way out there all of a sudden? And then before we knew it. We were all underwater, right? <laughs> my niece is floating away. She's going into the shipping channel, right? The cell phones are at the bottom of the ocean. My cooler with all my food and snacks and beverages. nowhere we where to go, right? We were swamped. The water went out. And then very quickly, very rapidly, like the sign said, it came back in.
1: And so you think we would learn from this, right? <laughs>
0: We did. The next year, the same thing happened. Right? <laughs> this time, we we kind of kept our hands a little tighter and well packed. But you know, when that water went back out, my my niece stood up and said, "What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> <it> <laughs> what is it? What is it about warnings in life? What do they What do they do for us? Right? They, of course, you know, are for our safety. They're uh, they're there for. Productivity. Take take a look. Biblical warnings, at least, are warnings for life itself. Right, life itself. Right. When you go back to the start of this book that we're digging into. Right. When you go back to the beginning of what we've been reading in the Garden of Eden, there was this passage that said something like this. Right. If you do this and then this and this, everything will be great. But if you don't do this, and this, and this, right, it won't be. So great. There's warning. It It was a warning. And now after reading about it, right, we know how it turned out. Right? When God delivered Israel from the bondage, uh, out of the hands of of, of the Egyptians, from the bondage of slavery, right, there was a warning. Right? And God said, I am going to come through. Right, the, uh, the, the death angel, like we've talked about, is going to come and put to death. All the, the kids in Egypt, I'm going to give you a warning, put blood over the, the doorpost, it said so your houses will be passed over. All right? and we read that, You're following along with your family in the story, we were reading that, and now we have Passover, right? right the Bible is full of these warnings. Over and over again, God warns his people, us, Right, and over and over again, we completely ignore those warnings, All right, like my family at the beach, <laughs> over and over again. So if you're following along with this story, the, the book that, that we have for each family, and if you don't have one, there's more out there on your way out on the bookshelf. You know that God gave one such warning to Joshua to give to the Israelites, something we read this last week. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to reread it together this morning. So turn with me to Joshua 24, verses 14
1: through 15. Now, if you don't have
0: a Bible, you can use the Bibles that are in the seats in front of you. You can take those with you. They are for you to take, to have, to use, to give away. Go ahead and grab one of those. Or if you're watching online and you can't grab one of those and you want a Bible, just let us know. We can send you one. Or you can download the Foundry Bird app and click the Bible tab there in today's scripture. is pulled up for you. But the best way to do it, follow along, is to do it in your own Bible. All right, Joshua 24, verses 14 through 15 says this. <laughs> so fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. It says, serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, that is a warning, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors who they served beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But then it says, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Right? This speech, this speech happens at the end of Joshua's life. Right? He, has, he has done some amazing things in the name of the Lord. Right? We sing songs about this guy. Right? Joshua, he's about to retire. Right? He's about to go hit the golf course or, or do whatever he does. Right? He's about to, to retire, and he wants to give This one last warning. It's like, I don't know of any better examples, so I came up with this one. It's like Brett Favre. I don't know if I think this is the only thing I got stuck on. It's like Brett Favre standing before the Packers one last time and saying, Y'all better not screw this up. He's got that country accent. He's saying, Y'all better not screw this up. God has brought his people through some amazing battles, and not just the ones that Joshua fought in. seriously, before these verses that we just read, and if you read in the story this week with your family, you saw that Joshua has spent the entire chapter before this and the first half of this chapter reminding the Israelites of everything that God has brought his people through, what God has accomplished in their midst, right? And he's even more long-winded than I am. I mean, just listen to some of the things that he reminds them of. Right? Bringing Abraham through the land of Canaan, right? Saving, you know, Isaac, providing that ram, right? Bringing the Israelites out of Egypt, out of slavery, parting the Red Sea, that miracle, right? Winning the battle of Jericho, where the the walls fell down, right? He seriously goes on and on, and then he just stops. He stops to say, now you have a choice. That's what he's saying. You have a choice now, and that right there, That right there is what biblical warnings do. Take a look, right? Biblical warnings are a call to remember. Right? Biblical warnings are a call to remember. They're saying remember the God who created you, the world, and everything in it. Remember what he can do. Remember the God who brought you through the pain of losing a loved one, the uncertainty of a job loss, the unknown of following God's calling into a new position, into a new lifestyle, whatever. Remember that God, All right? Remember it, then you'll be okay. Remembering He's able will turn you back. It will point you in the right direction. Now let me let me give you an example of this. Have you ever seen this on a fire truck before? Right? Keep back three hundred and forty feet. I first saw that, I was like, what in the world? Right? I, I get it. You see, you see different ones. You see 100 feet, 200 feet. But 343 feet? Like, what's, what's up with that, right? Right? You see that. Uh, you drive around, look, right? 343 feet. i think of, like, what's the deal with this? that some kind of new math that you're learning? <laughs> like, it's easy to come up with that exact number, so that's what they do. Right? 343. Or is it like a city block? Is that what it is? Is it, I mean, stay a block away? Because if I was that far, I wouldn't even be able to reach. It. <laughs> but 343 feet, what was it all about? So I looked it up. Now, it's still a warning, right? They, they want to keep your butt back, right? They want to keep you back. But 343 is the number of firefighters that died on 9-11. All right? So they're saying uh, a lot of fire stations are, are putting that on their truck. It's a warning. And it's also a reminder that to every firefighter, if they go into a fire, into a building, it's a reminder of their brothers who died on 9-11, the ones who, who gave up everything. And, and that is what warnings do in, in the Bible. Right? It was what Joshua's warning was doing. right? It is God coming alongside of us and saying, I am warning you because you need to remember, you need to remember, so I'm giving you this warning who I am mm-hmm. what I have done what I'm capable of doing, right remember right a, a warning is a remembrance of the character and the, the sacrifice of our God most high mm-hmm. right this warning when we read it in Joshua says remember that I brought you through and to remember that Right? We, we need to pick a side. He's saying, "Are you gonna are you gonna stay with me, or, or are you gonna go somewhere else, or right? to some lowercase G God?" Like it says there in scripture, because things are at stake here. Right, you see, because biblical warnings also give promises. That's another thing. Right, biblical warnings also give promises. Right, just look at the beginning of this long warning Joshua gives. He says this. In the previous chapter, if you got your Bibles already still open, Joshua 23, verses 6 through 11 says this. And he says, "So be very careful, be very careful. A warning, right? To follow everything Moses wrote about in the book of instruction. Do not deviate from it, turning either to the right or to the left. Make sure you do not associate with other people still remaining in the land." Do not even mention the names of their gods, much less swear by them or serve them or worship them. Rather, he says, cling tightly to the Lord your God as you have done until now. Verse 9 says, For the Lord has driven out great and powerful nations for you, and no one has yet been able to defeat you. Each one of you will put to flight a thousand of the enemy, for the Lord your God fights for you. Just as he promised. So, be very careful to love the Lord your God. You see, the people that God created for himself were easily distracted. (laughs) We are easily (laughs) distracted. And those people wanted to be like their neighbors. And we don't struggle. We never want to be like someone else, be someone else, or think the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. But that's what the Israelites were dealing with. They wanted to be like their neighbor. They wanted to be like uh, these other people. Uh, and so, when you do that, when you want that, you go where they go. Right? You do what they do. You listen to what they listen to. You watch what they watch, and 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 strive for the things that they strive for. Then, pretty soon, you start thinking like they think. But you see. You see, God wants us to think like he thinks. that's this is, that's how it works, right? He wants us to think how he thinks, to become like him, to become like his son, God in the like our Lord. See, when when we do that, when when we get out there just wandering around, just wandering around in life, right? We become distracted. We become disoriented, we become uh, disconnected, we become uh, disenfranchised, dysfunctional, disabled. And generally, we become just this, right? <laughs> just this. Right? That's how it works when we're just wandering around dysfunctional, dis- d- disfranchised, disabled, disconnected, disoriented, distracted, this, right? But in this morning from Joshua, we see that if we do the opposite, if we cling to God, if we are careful to love God, to forge our life on Him above all else, well, then He promises. He downright promises to continue doing what He's always done. He will fight for us. Right? The enemy will not defeat us. We will have a future. We will have a purpose. He will keep His promise. That's, that's amazing. Now, before we go on, I don't want you to get the, the wrong idea, right? I mean, there's a lot of times we stop right there. Right? All good, right? Everything's good. He's going to fight for us. We're going to have a purpose. Right? Everything's going to be great. I don't want you to get the wrong idea because holding tight and committing to forge your life on God does not mean that there won't be any problems, right? Because remember, this is a warning, right? It's a warning. Warnings mean there is inherent danger ahead. Right, the, the sign that we saw on the beach that day, it did not say, if you're a good beachgoer, <laughs> right, if, you, if you share your food with your niece and nephew, <laughs> if you pick up all your trash, if you if you don't swim out too far, there won't be a rapidly rising tide. Right, The sign didn't say that. It said, no, trouble is coming. Be prepared. Right? That is what God is promising here. He is saying, if you love me, if you serve me, there may be trouble, but I will fight alongside you. Amen. So buckle up, (laughs) strap in, lean in. A fight is coming. He's with us. He's with us. The general is riding into battle in front of us and beside us and behind us, all around us. He's saying, I'll tear down the walls of Jericho again, but you have to still walk around the city. (laughs) <laughs> I will deliver you from the plague of death, but the plague is still coming, so take heed and put the blood over your door. Right? God is not a God of the easy way out. Right? Too, many, too many of us believe that. That Christianity is just an easy way out. It's not. Right? God is not a God of an easy way out. We see that in Jesus' death. Right? The God in the, the flesh, we see the exact opposite. The cross was anything but easy. The cross was anything but easy, but he is a God. The God we serve, and he will do whatever it takes to show his people that he loves them. Even the hard thing of going to the cross. So these Old Testament stories that we're reading as families and individuals, I get it. They can be, be hard to read through. It can be a little tough. They can seem like like God is a violent God or an angry God. But what these stories should remind us is that time and time again, God warns his people. And when they don't listen, when we don't listen, he still shows up. Right? He, he still shows up. I think the parents out here, or the parents watching online, with your kids probably jumping off the back of the couch. <laughs> Right. I think you understand, right? Right? Does this kind of scenario sound familiar? Right? You say, "Hey, I don't know, Johnny." Right? I <laughs> don't think we have any kids named Johnny. Right. Hey, Johnny! Right? Before you go outside, put your sunscreen on, or you're going to get burnt.
1: Well, Johnny goes outside. A few hours later, he comes
0: back in. And he has blisters on his cheeks and, <laughs> and on his shoulders. He's all red and he's in pain and he's crying. And, and you sit him down and you you you, you put some aloe on him and and you tell him he has to stay inside, maybe for a day or two, and when he does go outside, he's going to have to wear those long sleeve shirts, <laughs> right? You explain to him, and then next week, y- you try again, right? I right? think parents get this, right? Okay, Johnny, remember last week, make sure you wear your sunscreen and so you don't get burned. Well, either Johnny listens or he screws up again,
1: right? Right?
0: remember those bad people who really hurt you, let's not go there again. <laughs> just cling to me and we can stop with this and just take the right way forward. You see, warnings, warnings permeate the long story short. this warnings permeate the long story short because look, the one who warns you, loves you. Right? that works. That's why it's all throughout scripture. The one who mourns you loves you. Right? The idea of warning continues all the way through scripture from the start to the end, because the only people who warn you are the people who love you. That's just how it is. And this this loving, this loving God, it gives us markers, right? It gives us a, a place to hang our hats on, if you will by giving us warnings. Right? And from beginning to the end of the story of Scripture, from this 30,000-foot view, heck, if you if you read chapter 8 of the story this last week about the judges, you'll see that the people of Israel needed to be warned over and over again. <laughs> and God restored His people over and over again. Right? That is the rhythm of the Bible. Look, right? Warnings, wandering away, redemption. Warnings, because of the God who loves us, wandering because we're done, right? <laughs> and then redemption because of the God who loves us. Right? God warns his people. They promise to do the right thing, but end up wandering away from him, and then God redeems them time and time again, warning after warning from Garden, from the Garden of Eden to Joshua right now, right here, where we're talking about, to Jesus. And just take a a look. Listen to this as I read from John chapter uh, 16. Verses 1 through 4 says this. (laughs) I have told, this is Jesus' speaking. I have told you these things, I have told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. For you will be expelled from the synagogues and the time is coming when those who kill you will think that they are doing a holy service for God. This is because they have never known the Father or me. He's saying, yes, I'm telling you these things. Now, he's warning us, right? So that when they happen, you will remember my warning. I didn't tell you earlier because I was going to be with you for a while longer. Now, he, he's given us the Holy Spirit It goes on, right? Talking about the Holy Spirit being with us. Right? All the while, God has been warning his people because he wants what is best for them. He says, bad things are up ahead. The bridge is a right? The, the fence that you got to cross, is electric. Like that big one in Jurassic Park. Right? <laughs> and now everyone is going to love you. But he's saying, I'll be there. And I'll fight for you. Because I love you. Right? Biblical warnings. The warnings that we're seeing in our reading are good. Warnings are preemptive strikes of a loving God, right? Warnings are the preemptive strike of a God who loves us because the people who warn you are the people who care about you. If a person doesn't care, they'll just let you go off the cliff, right? They don't care, right? Not not their problem, but not God. Not the God that we forge our life on. He warns us because, again, can't say it enough, he loves us. Right? The warnings he gives us remind us who he is, promises us what he will do, and shows us that he loves us. Listen, I want to finish today by reading from Psalms chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Just, just listen as I as I read this. It says this. Serve the Lord, serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. Submit to God's royal son, or he'll become angry. And you'll be destroyed in the midst of all your activities. For his anger flares up in an instant. But what joy for all who take refuge in him. The biggest warning in all of our lives is Jesus' resurrection. Mm -hmm. right? Just like it says in that verse, submit to God's son, Jesus, God in the flesh, make him the Lord of your life, forge your life on him, and he will have joy, and we will have joy in our refuge. Well, listen, if we ignore, we just brush past, read it, and walk by and set up our, our beach chairs, our hope is lost. And Jesus rose from the dead, and with it, he said, The rebellion has failed, the king is alive and forever on his throne, and that is our warning. He's saying, forget about all the other gods like Joshua said. Focus on Jesus. Remember what he did for us on the cross. Remember his promise to give us a new life, eternal life. Remember how much he loves us. This warning, this this destruction that it says there in Psalms is not because God God doesn't love us. He's given us the warning because he loves us. The destruction is because we're off age. And that's what sin is. That's what sin does. It takes us off course, off track, off aim. And God is perfect. He's not off track, He's not off aim. And so when we're off course, He's saying, get back on it. Here's the sign arrow this way, like (laughs) flashes. Forget about everything else. Focus on this, He's saying. Take this road. And that is what every other biblical warning is pointing to. Jesus, and his return. You know, uh, my family, uh, we like to play catchphrase, mainly because it confuses my mom. And she gets really funny. Um, Some of you guys know that she had a liver transplant a few, five years ago, going on almost five years ago. And one of the things, when you get to the point of a liver transplant, is you get this ammonia in your body, and it goes up to your brain, and that person says some really funny things. And so we figured that out, we were, like, okay, we're catchphrase. We're taking advantage of a, of a funny situation, pneumonia on the brain, because she's going to say funny things. And so we developed this habit of playing catchphrase, and we love playing. while each person gives on a team, right? And what you have to do is you have to kind of guess what the other word is, or the phrase. It's, it's just like charades. But there's an accelerating clock we're play catchphrase, right, and that's what makes all the difference in this version of straight, right, is this clock. So while each player is trying to help his teammates guess the word or phrase without saying it, there's this beeping timer that is going. Right? And once a team member guesses correctly, the device with the word in it is passed to the opposing team and something new pops up. And while the, the teams are passing it back and forth, the timer is running down. First, first slowly, right? You guys can maybe play this game, right? It's Be, 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 right? But then as the game goes on and more and more people are guessing and things are taking a little bit longer, it starts to increase in speed, right? Be, 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 be. Beep, 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 beep. Right? So whatever team is holding the device, when the beep stop, right, when it just beep, 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 right, loses the round. Right? This annoying beeping is what? Right? The speeds up to warning. Okay? That time is running out. Hurry. Hurry. Make your choice. Okay? It's the same thing Joshua was saying. Right? It's what the resurrection of Jesus did. He came out of that grave. The clock is beeping quicker and quicker and quicker. It's speeding up. And we are now racing toward his return. And look at what it says in Revelation 22, verses 12 through 13, where it says, And behold, I am coming quickly. Beep, 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 right? I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am, he says, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He is. We have a warning. Right? He loves us. We have this promise and we have a way forward. We just need to accept it. And quickly. Before time comes out. That's what it's about. Whether we've already accepted Jesus as our Lord, it's remembering that. Right? and spreading that grace and that truth and, and growing in our our our, our discipleship of who he is and becoming more and more like him, or if we haven't made that choice and we're still thinking about it, well, this is a warning to put your feet to the fire a little bit, right? That's what Joshua's doing. That's what this is reminding us of, that Jesus is coming. We have a choice to make. Are we going to forge our life on the things of this world, or are we going to forge our life on the everlasting God? And so I'm going to invite the, the band to come back up, big band today. We're to invite the band to come back up, and we're going to continue to worship. And as we do, as we sing here, remember that, that the, the beat is getting faster. So what do we need to do as we forge our life on God? What step do we need to take? All right? And if you have questions, you can ask me after the service. I'll be up here. All right? Maybe it's just digging in a study. Maybe it's giving your life to Christ for the first time. We all have a step to make. We all can grow closer to God this week. Think about that. What can you do this week to grow in your relationship with God? Let's stand and worship together.